All right, good morning. So we're going to we're going to be over in Hebrews chapter 3 this morning. Hebrews chapter 3. I know we still got a lot out um this I'm telling you I've been up here 5 years and this decoration day thing still blows my mind cuz we don't do that in Watauga County. So when everybody's out for being in cemeteries that's just blows my mind sometimes. <laughs> but um Glad that, I'm glad that it happens. It, it kind of brings back, and I'm still learning about what all it is, but it's good to, to be able to reflect back on the memories that you have of, you, of loved ones. So, uh, I, again, it's just not something we do back home. So I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to look at uh, resting this morning and, and having a good rest. And that's, that's hard to do sometimes, having a, a good rest. We uh, the the day and time that we live in right now, we're wide open. Everywhere we go, we are wide open. We have all these new gadgets and all these things to help us speed the day up so we can get more done in our day. And and there's you know uh, even with COVID coming in, we figured out new ways to do our shopping and all that stuff so that we're contact free and we don't have to go in anywhere. We can just pull up, and holler at them, to throw stuff in your trunk, and you move on home. We're doing things so quick now. But yet we still can't find time to rest. We go to work. We work 8, 10, 12 hours a day, 14 hours, whatever it is. You come home and you want to rest, but then you remember, I've got kids. So I've got to deal with that. And we've got to feed them. We've got to have lunch or got to have supper. Uh, and it's so bad now that we, we do microwave meals. What happened to a good home-cooked meal? Because we're in a hurry, we'll just fling it and, and nuke it for a few minutes slap it on the table or eat it on the couch in the recliner, whatever, because we're trying to find a time to rest. So we neglect ourselves and neglect our families because we're at it all the time. We're just fast-paced all the time. So we, we're trying to find that rest, but yet we're still not finding it. Even though it's there, we just don't know how to handle our time anymore. Uh, I was thinking about this, cell phones. What happened to, remember the days where you would say, I'll call you, you'd be at the office and you talk to somebody and they'd say, well, I'll call you when I get home. And then you would drive home and then you would call them. Now what do we do? We call them on the way home. We have our phones, everything's really convenient now, so we just pick up our phone and we'll give them a call and, and we'll do business on the phone while we're going to another job. I, can, I guarantee you Keith does that. You're doing three or four jobs at one time in between jobs. We do that. Because we're trying to kill about 10 birds with one stone, with 10 birds with one cell phone. So we're trying to do a lot of stuff at one time so that we can save time. We run through the drive throughs I'm okay with drive throughs I don't mind those. drive through go in, you pull up, and you can get your medicines now. You go through drive through get your meals now. You can go through a drive through and drop off your laundry if you need to go to the dry cleaner. Go through the, the drive through now, get groceries or the the fire lanes, drive-through, fire lanes, same difference, to get your groceries. But despite all that, we still find it hard to find rest. We just we struggle as, as humans to find that rest. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to our Christian lives. We struggle to find rest in God. And it's hard to find that rest, that peace in God. But God, he promises us rest. Over in Matthew 11, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor heavy laden and I will give you rest but despite God's promise and all the promises he made us many can't find rest in him either as much as we try we cannot find rest in God because 
We don't know how to deal with their time. We don't, and I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but it's a trust issue, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So there are many weary Christians around right now, and I want to look at the Israelites this morning. That's where we're going to find out how we can find rest in God, and it'll be through the Israelites. Even though it's in Hebrews, we're still going to be talking about some stuff over in Exodus. The Israelites didn't find God's rest, and, and, and I want us to figure that out this morning. Why? Twice the writer of Hebrews talked about this, and he tells us that they could not enter into God's rest. Twice. Very short. And he's going to tell us what prevented them from finding rest. It may be the same thing that's preventing us. I'm saying all of us are probably tired. All of us is probably trying to find some rest, physical rest. Yeah, I like my physical rest every now and then. We partied hard yesterday, didn't we, Paisley? Yeah, got a bunch of people together, and we ate some of the worst barbecue in the world. No, that's some of the best barbecue we ever had. We got together for Mom and Dad's 40th wedding anniversary. Shindig invited a bunch of people, and, and we, we just had a good time. But what happened last night when we got home? We all, cr- no, not Grandma Fallen. We all crashed. We crashed. Grandma crashed too, but that was before we all went to bed. We got, t- we was tired. We wanted to find that rest. On the way home, I told Maria last night, I said, you know what, I'm not even going to go study anymore. I'm done. I was so, physically, I was so tired that I knew spiritually I wouldn't absorb anything that I was getting ready to try to read. And so we need that rest. We've got to try to find that rest. But what's keeping us from finding rest in God? Figure it out tonight, or today, I promise you that. If you will, stand with me just a moment. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8 through the end. Hebrews chapter 3, 8 through the end. It says, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with the generation and said, They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while, in, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear the, his voice, harden not your hearts as the provocation, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Jonathan, would you open us up in prayer?
Thank you. Y'all can have a seat. My poor old Bible's falling apart. First thing we're going to look at this morning, you will not find rest if you can't hand over your problems to God. You will never find one drop of rest in your life, your spiritual life especially, if you don't give God your problems. We've all got problems, and we talk about and I, I know I say it a lot, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying it, but one of the things that we talk about with our burdens and our problems is we feel like as Christians when there's an altar call and everybody gets up and we come to the altar and we, we lay our burdens down, but we always reach back down and pick one up and stick it back in our pocket when we walk away. That's not giving it all to God. That's not giving God our burdens and resting in Him. That's expecting him to fix or to give us rest and a little bit of it, but that's not 100% rest because we still have something weighing us down that we can't turn loose of. And so we're not going to find rest in God. Uh, Verse 8, again right here, it says, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. The time of testing for the Israelites happened when the 12 spies came back from searching out the Holy Land. They came back... uh, I said, I'm sorry, promised land, not holy land. I just come back from the holy land. But the promised land. And so they, they came back, and what they were trying to tell them is, they said, we're going to give you a bad report because uh, of what we've seen. We've seen giants, and we've seen the fortified cities. We've seen all the things that we can't handle as humans. We can't take care of this. And so the 10 of the 12 came back and said, uh-uh, we ain't doing this. We're scared. They did not trust God. 10 out of 12. They couldn't hand over the fortified, uh, fortified cities of the enemies uh, that they possessed to God. They couldn't hand it over. They couldn't take the giants and just hand them over to God and say, God, deal with it. Fortified cities, God, deal with it. They can't deal with it on their own, but yet they don't trust God. And so 10 of the 12 say, let's not do it. And as a result, they could not enter into God's rest. What is it that you are hanging on to this morning that you have not given to God. I'm serious. What are you hanging on? There's something you're hanging on to. It might be by a rope or a thread, but you're hanging on to something that just needs to get, be given to God. Something is eating you up this morning that only God can take care of. There's something that's gnawing at you right now that you have absolutely no control over, and it has got you to a bitter point in your life. It's because you ain't giving it to God. When you give it to God, and I mean give it to God, He's going to give you rest. He's going to give you something that you've needed for a long, long time. Now, I'm going to boil it down for you a little bit better. It's an issue of trust. It's an issue, not just trust, but it's an issue that we have with trusting God. We trust a lot of people. We do. Trust a lot with doctors and mechanics. We trust our, our contractors and our teachers, and we, we, I was going to say government, but that was a joke. As, you know, we trust a lot of people, but not the way that we're supposed to be trusting God. We trust them to get things fixed. Why can't we trust God to get things fixed? Why can't we trust God? Just give it to him. Let, drive, my, drive my truck and drop it off mechanic. I expect him to fix my problems. And I go get my truck, I pay him, and I drive off, and I don't think another thing about whatever was wrong with it because he fixed the problem. Why can't we do that with God? This altar, just call this altar right here a garage, and your burdens is your car. You come up here and drop your car off, 
Leave it with him to have it fixed, to fix your problems. That's all he's asking. It's all, he's, he tells us. He says, come unto me. Come unto me. He says, come to me. All those that labor, that's us. All of us that, that are weary and burdened down. He said, just come to me, and I will give you rest. Now, trust is an act of will. Your will. That's what trust is. It's the act of your will whereby you give your burdens to God. And that's scary, ain't it? God's will is for us to stay inside his will and for us to trust him and, and, and to abide in him and to love him. That's God's will. He wants us to stay inside his will. He's going to protect us and he's going to provide and he's going to do all these great things for us. But it's up to us to trust him it's up to us to turn over those burdens that's the hard part because it's up to us guess who we don't trust us we don't trust ourselves i don't trust myself to give god my burdens i don't trust myself to turn it over 100 percent. i can't there's too much flesh i like control we like we like to be in control of our own lives our own our own routes, our own destinations. We like to control that. And when we turn it over to God, our hands are off of it. Hands free. Because it's up to Him. He's the one that's driving us. He's the one that's taking control. And we don't like that. I'm learning this now with, with Abby. She's driving now. She's driving now. I'm not in control. When I drive, I'm in control. And now... I'm letting her wheel us around different places. So far, so good. So far, so good. Not too good yesterday. But I wasn't, dri- I wasn't riding. I'm not in control, and I have a hard time with that. As Christians, when we're not in control, we have a hard time with that. Even though God is in control, and we should trust him 100%, we still want a little bit of that control. The Israelites couldn't trust God to deal with their enemies in that fortified city, and that means they could not give those things over to God and find rest. When you see those giants, when you come up against those fortified cities, don't be one of the ten and say, uh, let's just not let's deal with that. Be one of the two that say give it to God. Be one of the ones that says just turn it over to God and let him deal with the giants, let him deal with the fortified cities. When you do that, when you turn it over to God, you will find rest. Now, I've learned that there are a lot of things that I can't control. There's a lot of things I can't control. And it's, it wears me out sometimes. Can't control our own health sometimes. Our health is in somebody else's hands a lot of times. Financial future. Sometimes things happen. Can't even control the direction that our country is heading in right now. We feel like we should be able to control some of these things, but we can't. So can I trust God to control these things? Yes. Can I trust God to control my life? Yeah. Can I trust God to control the church? Yeah, it's his. I'm going to let him have it. He can control it all he wants to. So can I trust God to handle those things? Absolutely. 100%. You can trust him to handle whatever your issue is. If I can, I'll find rest. If you can, 
you will find rest. If you can trust God, you will find that rest. If you can't, then God's rest is going to pass on by you, and you're going to have missed it. Number two, you'll fail to find rest if you can't see that God is working in your life every day. Every day. Verse 9 says, When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. How often did the Israelites see the working of God in their life? Think, think long and hard about that. How often did the Israelites see God's hand at work? Anybody want to take a wild shot at that? Nobody? It's not a trick question. It's pretty simple. Every day. He didn't miss a beat. God never, 40 years. How many of y'all have been in, you retired out? How many of y'all have retired? How many of y'all have retired? More, yeah. Several people have retired out. How many times in those years that you worked did you take a vacation? Several. Probably didn't you? We earned it. You earned those vacations. God never took one. For 40 years, he babysat that whiny bunch of Baptists as they wandered in the wilderness, complaining about everything. He babysat them and never took a day off. God was with him every single day. He provided for them in the mornings, manna. In the evenings, when they needed meat, he'd give them quail. During the day, he'd give them a pillar of smoke. At night, he'd give them a pillar of fire. He never missed a beat. Not one time did that smoke go away. Not one time did that fire flicker out. Not one time did they go without manna. Not one time did he not provide them with something to drink. Not one time did he miss it. Every single day that they walked around the wilderness he was there and he provided for them every day God's presence was seen in their life every single day did they see it no but was it there yes a lot of times they turned their head they turned uh they, they didn't they were just disgruntled a lot of times and so even though he was there in front of them there in their presence they still didn't see him if God was working in their lives in the lives of the Israelites every single day like he did, how often do you think God's working in our lives? We might not have a pillar of smoke before us, and we might not have a, a pillar of fire before us right now. We might not wake up in the morning with the fresh pan of manna. We might not eat supper at night and it be quail. But you know what? God's still with us. He's provided us with a lot more than just that. He's provided us with families. He's provided us with, uh, with, with our own food. With income, roof over our head, health, church, family, brothers, sisters, he's provided so much for us every single day. But we're so much like the Israelites that we don't even know it. God is before us and we can't even see him. As the church, as Christians, God is with us every day like the Israelites, but we, we fail to see him. We've turned our head. We're looking off into the worldly things and we can't see God. God is with us our entire life. Just like the Israelites for 40 years. He, they wandered around. God was with them just like, just like them. He is still with us every single day. The man ain't took a vacation. He ain't sitting over there in the Mediterranean Sea with his, his feet dipping in the water right now saying, God, i got to have a break. They're wearing me out. That's not God. God is with us every 
single day. Because just as God loved the Israelites, God loves his church. He loves each one of us. As his church, he loves each one of us equally. Loves us. So we know God's working in our lives every day by faith, even though we can't see what he's doing sometimes. It's by faith that we know he's working in our lives. So we should be able to trust him. We should be familiar enough with God. And I talked about this with the kids in Bible school. We should be familiar enough with God and what he's doing that we can trust him when something unexpected comes our way. We should have a, a deep enough prayer life with God so that when he speaks to us, we know what his voice sounds like. Because we can get confused between the devil and God. Sounds bad, don't it? But we can. When the devil talks to you more than you talk to God, that's going to happen. The devil's voice gets more familiar with you than God's voice does. And so sometimes we get a little bit confused about who's talking to us. Prayer life is very important to a Christian. Very important to a Christian. You keep that prayer life going. You keep talking to God. That way you know what he sounds like. And when he speaks and you feel it in your heart, you know it's him and you know it's real. Be familiar with God. But if we don't see God working in our life, how can we trust him when something comes up that we can't deal with? If we don't see him working in our lives, how are we going to handle what's going on? We can't. If you don't trust God, you can't handle it. If you don't have a relationship with God and you can trust him to deal with your problems, you can't handle whatever problem is coming at you right now. I promise you that. You will, you will fumble that ball in a heartbeat. You've got to trust God to handle your problems. Only those who see God working in their life are comfortable enough to give over their burdens and find rest in him. If you are comfortable with not being in control, if you are okay with letting someone else, letting God handle your burdens and all your problems, if, you can, if you're all right with that, then you're going to find some rest. I promise you, you will find rest. But you're going to have to give it up and give it to him. Number three, if you fail to find rest, you will find rest if you don't follow God's blueprint for your life can't read the blueprint you ain't gonna get no rest verse 10 says wherefore i was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways they have not known my ways where are you going to find god's blueprint in your life where do you go we got library of books back here there's some books on the shelf you can go over cornerstone if you want to Maybe go to Amazon or one of my favorite websites is the KingJamesVersionOnly.com. You can find all kinds of stuff to help you with your life. But is that what you need? No. The blueprint to your life is right here. Y'all are holding it right now. And I just closed my Bible. I'll never find that place again. Right here is your blueprint. You will find everything that you need in your life in this Bible. Laid out for you from the day of birth to the day you die and everything in between. This is your blueprint. This is your roadmap for your life. You can try to find something else. There may be some self-help books out there. There may be some psychologists out there that have wrote some pretty good things. 
but ain't nothing like my Bible. Ain't nothing like your Bible when it comes to uh, getting direction in your life. The writer of Hebrews tells us the Israelites didn't know his ways. The Israelites didn't know his ways. Don't make a lot of sense, does it? He was there with them for 40, 40 years. For 40 years they wandered around and he was with them and they still didn't know his ways. Makes you scratch your head. They didn't know his word even though Moses told them all that God wanted to share with his people. Moses told them day in, day out just how much God loved them and how much he would provide for them and how much that they should be trusting him. But they still didn't know his ways. Every single Sunday, preachers get behind the pulpit and they try to tell you God's ways. Every Sunday. That's, that's, a, that's hard, folks. I'll be honest with you. It's hard to stand up here and try to explain to you God's ways. Because a lot of times you don't want to hear God's ways. A lot of times I don't want to hear God's ways because it's scary. But that doesn't mean that you leave the church knowing God's ways. Even though we try really hard to explain it, you don't always know it. Moses taught the people God's ways, but we know from the Bible the people didn't know God's ways. They just didn't get it. Spend time reading your Bible. Spend time in your devotions. You spend time in prayer and talking to God, but you still don't know God's ways. You spend all this time. How many of you... uh, (laughs) The men ain't going to admit to this. I will. I'll try to be an example. How many of you guys have ever bought something that you had to assemble at home? How many times have you read the instructions, and when you got done with it, you, there's about four or five parts laying on the ground? A few bolts, nuts laying there. Like My, my, my thing is, oh, they just sent extras in case I broke something. No, I probably forgot to put them in somewhere else. Just because I read the owner's manual or the instruction guide doesn't mean I understand the ways of the Chinese that built the thing. Just because I read it don't mean I understand the ways. We obviously didn't understand the way of how to assemble it. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So how do we know if we are following God's blueprint for our life? How do, how do we know it? How do, we, do, we, do we feel it? Do we sense it? Does he send us a text and say, good job, you're following my ways? You get a, an email update every day saying, good job, you're, you're on the right track, you're following me? No. If you're wandering or feeling like you're always in a fog or life seems always unsettled, then you don't know God's ways. Sometimes we get in a haze. Sometimes life can wear us out and we just kind of get in a haze and we don't know what's going on but if your heart has found what it's looking for and you're at rest if you're at peace if you're at rest right now then you found God's ways then you're you're you've let him take on your burden and you're just along for the ride now because he's in complete control it's that peace that passeth all understanding when you hit that when you find that peace that means you found God's way You have found that rest that you need in Him because you've given it all to Him. You can't be at rest without knowing God's ways because it's His ways that bring you that rest. Only His way will bring you rest. The fourth thing, last thing, 
you will fail to find rest if you let the voice of sin drown out the voice of God. This is an important one right here. I just talked about it a little bit. You got to know God's voice. You got to understand who's talking. You got to know the difference between right and wrong. God and Satan. That still small voice or that evil whisper that you might hear. You got to know the difference in the two. Verse 13 tells us, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that this deceitfulness of sin is sometimes louder than the voice of God. The devil, he can scream and he can holler, he can be pretty loud. And sometimes it will drown out God if you let it. That's why it's so important to understand who's speaking. If you tune in to sin, you can't hear what God's telling you. The things of this world are pretty loud right now. When it comes to uh, just technology, internet, uh, social media, uh, cell phones, all the things that distract us, and it don't take much anymore to distract us, all those things can be hurtful, and they can be sinful if you're not careful. And we can let those things drown out the voice of God. And they will drown out the voice of God. You have to make the effort to hear God and what he's telling you. You have to tune out sin and tune in God. But again, you've got to know the difference in who's talking to you. You've got to tune out sin and tune in God. That's just some. Some of the younger generation won't understand this, but it's just like them, the old radio stations, the old turn knobs. Remember, you had to watch that dial go back and forth, and you hear that static. Think of static as the devil. And whenever you finally find that good station and it's loud and clear, that's God. You've got to keep tuning that thing. You've got to tune your hearts so that you can weed out and you can find the good radio station. You can hear God speaking to you. Sin's going to offer you everything, and it ain't going to deliver you a squat. Sin's going to offer you peace, but he's never going to deliver that to you. Sin's going to offer you happiness, but he will never deliver that for you. Sin's going to offer you an abundance of money and health and all the things that you want in this world, but it will never deliver for you but God. But God. God's going to provide you with what you need. God will, but you're going to have to tune out sin and allow God to provide for you. If you want to find peace, you better be listening to God. If you want to find rest, you better be listening to God because there is no rest in the devil. The devil will wear you out. He will, he will wallow you and wool you, and you ain't going to rest one bit. That's his job, wear us out. He does a pretty good job at that. If you want to find peace, listen to God. The rest that we're all looking for is built around allowing Jesus to direct and redirect our lives. If you allow God to direct your lives and even pull you back where you've gone off track, if you allow him to pull you back on path, you will find rest. But you're going to have to let him have control. Exodus 33:14 says, And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest but you're going to have to let him come with you. A lot of times we leave God parked here at the church on Sunday. We don't take him with us.
because we think we're in control. I can deal with this week all on my own, God. Appreciate your help. Thanks for the message. We'll see you back here next Sunday. That's the way a lot of us will leave the church. But in reality, we're going to have to take him with us everywhere we go. When we leave this church, when we go home, when we go to our office, wherever we go tomorrow, we're going to have to have God with us. And we're going to have to rely on him. Believe it or not, you can find peace at work. I will not find peace at work because I have two vehicles I have to clean up tomorrow that have vomit all in them. There will be no peace in my job tomorrow unless some of y'all want to come help. Yeah, I just found that out this morning. It's going to be nasty. You take God with you when you leave this church. Take him everywhere that you go. Take him Walmart, Roses, over to Ingalls. It don't matter. Take God with you when you leave this place and let him work with you and be with you and direct your path and redirect your path. If Jesus is not that important in your life today, you won't find rest, the rest that you're looking for. If, if Jesus is only a Sunday thing, you'll never find rest. If Jesus is only something that you talk about between 10 and 12 on Sundays and maybe on a Wednesday night, you'll never find rest and you'll never find peace. You need him with you every single day, just like the Israelites. He is with you every day. You need him every day, whether you want to admit it or not. Only you know, you know what place Jesus has in your life. Psalms 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who's, who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. The first part there says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. How many, how many of us are patient? Not many. Keith, put your hand down. You flung it up at the wrong time. There ain't one of us patient. David told us, he said, rest in the Lord and patiently, and patiently for him. Patiently for the Lord. That's tough. Being patient is tough. But if we rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, we'll find that rest. We'll find that peace. I promise you, you'll find it. I promise. Lay your burdens down and let him have control. Let's pray. Father, this evening we want to come to you. God, I come to you on behalf of myself this morning. God, I come to you and I ask for you to take these burdens, the things that are weighing me down in my heart, in my life right now. Lord, I pray that you would take them away. God, I'd love for you to take control of every aspect of my life, but I know in my heart, and I'm going to pull away some of it and take it back with me. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us in our, our daily life to remember that you're there with us every single day, just like the, the Israelites. You never left them. And as the Bible says, you never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we have so many places in the Bible we can read and know that that's truth. But there's so many of us in this church right now that know that that's truth as well because we've experienced it ourselves. And you don't lie. Your word says what your word says, and if it says you'll never leave us nor forsake us, that means you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Father, I pray today that we would find rest. There's a lot of people in this church today, Lord, that are weary. They're worn out. They're tired. They have fought for themselves for so long. They need peace. They need rest. God, I pray today that they would just hand over whatever they're dealing with to you and find that rest. There ain't no better place to rest than in, in your bosom. And Father, I pray that we'd do that today. And Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for those that are making it up. Lord, I pray that you continue to, to just to 
help grow us, Lord, and mature us, Lord. And I pray that uh, we not uh, take for granted the things that you have done and that you have given to us over the years. And we look forward to what you have in store for this church in the future. And God, I pray that you continue to work with us and allow us to be a light here on the hill on Squirrel Creek. Lord, I pray that there not be anything up and down the road that would hinder us. I pray, God, that there not be any, uh, any bells and whistles that might draw away from your word that's going on right here inside this church. And Lord, again, we just want to ask for uh, your forgiveness of our sins. And be with us as we leave this place today, as we go about our business uh, this week. Keep us safe. Keep us protected. Father, we just want to lift up our children to you as they uh, return to school tomorrow. I just I pray, God, that you would um, just protect them. It's, it's going to be another difficult year, it looks like, for so many. And I pray, God, that you would just ease their hearts and ease their minds. Uh, keep the clarity there that they need to learn. And I, I do pray for our teachers and our administrators as well, Father, that they would... Um, Again, not have any issues with, with the things that they're having to deal with right now in the school system uh, with masks and all the other things that are going on. I just ask, God, that you would help clear their minds as well, allow them to teach. You have placed them in those schools uh, to be educators for our, our youth, and I pray, God, that you would bless them for that. And, Father, we do love you. We thank you for all that you're doing. I'll listen in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm done. James, you, you need to do anything when you talk? Some, somebody will need to moderate that one because I'm I'm not because I might get a little opinionated.